Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Shane Benson. Well, welcome back to another Launch University Podcast. I'm hosting today. My name's Shane Benson, and I have with me my good friend and co-founder, Jeff Henderson. And it's been a while since you and I have actually done a podcast yeah, together. Yeah, so this so is going to be fun to do. And today we're going to talk about what it means to, um, or what happens after launch. Right. You know, at Launch University, we're all about trying to take good intentions and turn them into reality. But at the end of the day, it's most important to how do you sustain those things? And so all of us want to be difference makers. And oftentimes here at Launch University, we're trying to make connections with folks that have maybe been there or are just ahead of us. And how do we connect some of the things that they're learning and doing with where you are today as a launcher? So today, we thought it'd be a really good conversation around what does it mean when you, or what do you need to do right after a launch? And so um, Jeff is actually literally days after launching a brand new church called Hamilton Mill. Um, and so there was a lot of momentum created there. And we're going to talk today about not only just how what happens after you launch a church, but what happens when you launch anything in life. And what do you need to do or what are some principles that you need to follow in order to make that launch sustainable? And so uh, we're going to jump right in and just have a conversation. And I'll turn the tables as well. We're going to talk about some things that you've done, Chick-fil-A One, yeah. or the Chick-fil-A app, which is, a, I mean, it's huge. I mean, how much, how many people have downloaded that app, you know? Uh, millions, and wow. we're, we're grateful for that. So if you're one of the many out there that have the Chick-fil-A app, and if you're not, please download it. But uh, yeah, that, the, you know, there's also things within life that we launch. I mean, uh, for example, you and I both, you're coming, you're getting close to being an empty nester. I'm currently an empty nester. There's are things in life when you're launching kids, when you're launching ideas, when you're launching new business ventures. Right. There are all these things in life where we're constantly launching and we want to talk about, well, what do you got to do to keep and maintain that momentum? Yeah. And there are two primary movements of a launch. There's the from nothing to something, you know, the idea, the thought, and then, wow, there's the, this thing now is actually something I can touch and feel or point to. And then there's the sustaining part. And many times as launchers, Shane, you know this, we can see the launch date or the grand opening as the finish line. You, you can't, you can't think that if you want to sustain it. It's yeah. not the finish line. It's actually the starting line. So we're going to talk about, okay, now that you have this extraordinary amount of energy to, to go from nothing to something, now how do you move into the sustaining part? Well, and the reason that's really important that you're listening right now is because as a leader, you have the primary responsibility for ensuring that you're able to continue to sustain right. because everybody else probably either on your team or in your organization or your family is like, we made it. Right. And you have the responsibility. We have the responsibility as leaders to think about, okay, now what? And really that's the, that's the essence or the title of this po podcast is, okay, so now you've launched now what? So we're going to introduce really these three ideas or three concepts, talk about them a little bit, um, and then we'll, uh, we'll move right along. So the three ideas are first, breathing room, second, celebrate, and third, be the question asker, not the problem solver. So we're going to jump right in. When we talk about breathing room, so Jeff, here you are, you've taken an entire organization, a staff, 
Um, give us a little context about why you needed to launch another church location, satellite location, in addition to your main campus, and all the momentum that it's taken to do that. And then we'll, let's let's jump into this idea of why it's important to have or create breathing room. One of our life heroes, Truett Cathy, said, you need to take advantage of unexpected opportunities. So we had launched Gwinnett Church, which is in Gwinnett County, Sugar Hill, but this opportunity was an unexpected opportunity. We didn't go looking for it. It came looking for us. It's a former closed down Winn-Dixie grocery store and uh, was turned into a church. That church left. So it was just sitting there and we were able to acquire the building. And it, as we looked at it, it was an opportunity to reach more people. It's down from the largest high school in the entire state of Georgia. So just wow. if we could reach the students at that high school. So as we looked at it, we thought, you know what? This is a really unbelievable opportunity that we've been given so we didn't rush ahead we really i think prayerfully methodically looked at it but got a lot of wise counsel and it went through quite a few valleys but in terms of what we were going to do with it but ultimately we in terms of when we're recording this we just launched it four days ago and so it's our second Gwinnett church location so we have Gwinnett church Sugar Hill and Gwinnett Church Hamilton Mill. Fortunately, that rhymes, so that that was really helpful. <laughs> That's very important. So we're just a few days into this 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 new season of of our journey. So you opened last week. I'm just curious, kind of, what were the results of that? How many people showed up? And uh, it takes through that a little bit. Yeah, it was great. You know, the question everybody was asking me is, how many people are going to show up? I, as if you know, I really knew that you know, and if I did, I would probably be in Vegas instead of here. <laughs> so, but it was it was fantastic. We had over twenty two hundred people. It was full, and we have some parking challenges. We'll work, we'll work through all that. But I would rather have that than to launch something and nobody shows up. And and I, I learned, you know, I launched a lot of opened a lot of Chick Fil A restaurants, and I occasionally, not all the time, but occasionally would see operators kind of get fearful of what happens if people. Sh- too many people show up. Right. I totally understand that. But I told our team, I don't want to back ourselves into that and then get there on launch day and go, we didn't do enough to, to, to have people here. I said, so I want the gas pedal full down. We're going to pretend that no one is showing up. That's our mindset. And so that's, the, that's kind of the mindset that we went through. And fortunately, people did show up. And the good news for us, Shane, is that both locations were very... Uh, both locations were very well attended. That didn't mean like the people from the other, we had some people do this, that come over to the new location. But it was primarily new people. So that's kind of the season that we're in, and that kind of sets us up for kind of where we're going. So, uh, you know, this is a great example of when the dream becomes reality. Everybody's really excited about it. We, we want a huge launch. I think about Chick-fil-A when we open a restaurant. Everybody's really excited about it. And you think, okay, we're doing everything we can to get as many people to show up for the grand opening. And then it actually happens. And you go, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? So everything you wanted happens, but then you actually need to force yourself, if you're not careful, to take some breathing room, to to take a deep breath. Because if you're not careful, you jump right into, okay, now what? Now what? Now what do we got to do? Because all these people are showing up. Now uh, when all these people show up or you are successful, that's when new problems start to present themselves. And if you don't take the time to take a deep breath and assess where you're at and remind yourself of some of the reasons that you got into this in the first place, that can be a, a, a kind of a dangerous place to be if you're not careful. And so I always think about 
I can remember back in the day when I was a Chick-fil-A operator, we opened and it was a huge success. And I had what, what we call these, every operator refers to this as a freezer moment. We have these big walk-in coolers and you walk into the freezer and you just shut the door and you scream out because you don't know what to do now that you're successful. It's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And so I just want to go through this a little bit because I think this is a really good principle uh, for not only when you're launching something in life, primarily maybe a business opportunity or an idea, but also your personal life. Yep. Um, you know, we've gone through a lot of uh, retirements here at Chick-fil-A as of late. And the best advice I heard out of that group was, hey, take the next 90 days and don't do anything. Like, don't think about the next opportunity. Take a deep breath and don't do anything. Any thoughts from you, Jeff, as you think about where you are as a staff and where you are as a, you know, as a church plant, you're like, okay, what do you need to do and how do you remind your folks to like take some breathing room? Sure. It's one of the primary lessons I learned from Chick-fil-A launching a restaurant is it's really not a one-day launch. It's a 90-day launch. Mm. And if what happens is, is on that grand opening day, there are going to be some issues and some problems that surface. And if you try to solve those problems immediately, what might happen is those problems actually work themselves out. So you place a lot of energy on something that's actually going to go away. And so you've got to give yourself some breathing room to go, let's see if this problem actually is a long-term problem or is it a one-day, three-day, five-day, two-week problem? And that takes some, some courage to go, hey, you know what? It's a 90-day window. And if this problem exists after the 90-day window, we, we've got an issue. But we've got to have some breathing room to go, let's figure what's actually happening. So for us at Gwinnett Church Hamilton Mill, we in essence have one data point. And it's an important data point. And in a few days, we'll have data point number two, which is Sunday number two. But without more data points, I'm not in a position to make the best decision. Mm -hmm. I need more days. I need more Sundays. I need a bigger window. So when we say breathing room, what we're saying is, is that we, you've got to give yourself some breathing room to figure out what is actually happening. I don't know what is actually happening. I don't know how many people were there just to pat us on the back and say, we're with you, and then they're going to leave. I, I don't know truly what's happening. And that's going to settle in over the next Well, days. an example of that would be, I bet there was somebody that came in and said, hey, Jeff, great job, but you got a real parking problem out there. Right. Well, what I hear you saying is, let's hit the pause, and the pause can be powerful. Because when you hit the pause, you'll know if that truly is a problem because you've taken enough time to kind of evaluate holistically. Where is that in the scheme of everything else we're working on? Is that truly a pinch point that we have in, in our business or in our launch? And therefore, you can react accordingly because you've, you you've given yourself enough time to think about it. An example of that would be we could be spending our time today going throughout the community and going to other businesses and saying, hey, can we borrow your parking? Because thinking based on the first Sunday, we need all this parking. Whereas we may s discover that this thing settles down a little bit and we won't need all of that. So you can spend a lot of energy solving problems that actually will work themselves mm, out. That's great. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about breathing room and, the, and, the, and how powerful it is to take a pause. Let's shift to the second point. And this, this is this important principle around celebrating. Talk a little bit about that and why that's so important. It's and again another lesson I learned from 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 being at Chick Fil A. Celebration is so important, not only from your team morale, but I think your physical health. So let me take you back thirty minutes before we were going to open up on Sunday. I mean, you know, here we are. We've been talking about this fundraising, planning, recruiting volunteers, and then suddenly this this thought hits me: 
what if nobody shows up or what if only you know 50 people show up what and it's just i mean it was like this overwhelming like oh no and it was i don't think i had a panic attack but it was like what happens if this doesn't work? And I knew that was going to come happen mm-hmm. at some point. I didn't know it would happen 30 minutes before the launch. And this isn't my first rodeo. This is our, the fifth building that I've actually been a part of in terms of launching. But it just hit me all of a sudden. And then I got to go out there and preach. And then I start to hear, I start to hear, oh, people are coming, people are coming. So I kind of settled down a little bit. But I say all that to say, if you don't take time to celebrate this, so the question I asked myself in that, in that 30 minutes was, are you enjoying this? Or are you stressed out about it? Stress is, a, stress is a factor and stress isn't, you know, totally bad. But if you're not enjoying this, then you're missing the moment. Mm. And I don't want to get to a place in my life where I'm so stressed out that I'm not enjoying the moments. So I remember something David Farmer told me. He said, don't forget, not a lot of people get to do this. Mm. Not a lot of people get to launch a church. So enjoy the moment. So I think for me, from a leadership standpoint, it, it, I have to kind of remind myself, if I'm not celebrating and if I'm stressed out, then the people that are around me, I'm going to stress them out because they're feeling it as well. Well, and, and I'm reminded too, and this is more of a personal example, but Gina and I have had the pleasure of raising four kids and our last child, Anna Marie, um, went off to college this year. And I'll never forget dropping her off and sitting in the car and heading back home with Gina, and all of a sudden we realize, okay, we're completely alone. Like, there's no raising kids anymore in our home, and uh, we're going to go back to an empty house with a couple dogs, and that's going to be our new life. And I was so glad, and we were so fortunate that we had a drive to remind ourselves how we were looking forward to this moment just five years ago. You're saying, you know what, won't, won't it be great when we're empty nesters? And look at, look at this opportunity is going to provide, and look what we're going to be able to do as a couple, and look how, how we're going to be able to focus in on a relationship. And it was in that moment we had to take a pause and actually celebrate the fact that we had launched four healthy adults yeah. into society, and now we were going to get to focus in on each other. And so even in those moments, I mean, all of the energy and enthusiasm and excitement, it's so fascinating. Once you launch, don't let that go away. Yeah. Like, spend some time celebrating the fact that you got there. And then it allows you to remind yourself of your why and why you wanted to do this in the first place. Well, you and your team launched one of the most um, successful apps out there now. What, what was the celebration like that for you? Well, initially, it was a big one. Um, you know, we were, uh, I think it, for a period of time, we were number one in the, the Apple App Store. I mean, that was a week before Pokemon Go came out or Pokemon, whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, thank goodness. But in, the, mid, in, the, in the, the beginning, it was really easy to celebrate. It really was a, about a month after that that we had to remind ourselves, okay, in the minutia of all the challenges and the problems, oh, and this bug popped up, and we need to work on this, and we need to add this piece to the app, you got to pause and go, okay, let's look back and say, what have we just done here? Gosh, we've done something really, really significant. Don't let us forget how significant this is, and it 
but with the success, it actually creates more opportunity. So I think just hitting the pause occasionally and reminding yourself, hey, okay, this is what we asked, we wanted to do, this is what we're getting to do, and just be reminded of that. And I would say too, it's not as much about the importance of celebration as much as it is the frequency of celebration. Mm. So what we're saying is, is it's, I mean, having a party or whatever, that's important. But as you get wins along the way, celebrating that. Yeah. And that's that's really, really... It may be just as important to celebrate the small things as it is, is, is the bigger yeah. things. So as we have received stories from Sunday, an example, I, I had a, a lady come up to me and she goes, the last time I was in this building was when I was a teenager and I used a fake ID to buy alcohol at this Winn-Dixie. And, oh my goodness. And she goes, I've had a, an issue with alcohol. Um, started going to your other location. I've been sober for five years. Not sure if I'm going to come to Hamilton Mill or not because we actually live over at Sugar Hill. But I wanted to be on the front row today at the building where I used to buy alcohol and became an alcoholic to see what God has done in my life. I just had to be here. Well, okay, we don't have to throw a party for that. We just <laughs> need to hit. Awesome. We, we just need to share that story. So that story with what are we going to do and and, and and I totally understand that and how's all this going to work I, we got to figure all that out let's give ourselves some breathing yeah. room but don't forget this young lady this is her story and the fact that all of your work is connected to her in a, in, in a very meaningful way for her and for all of us that's really really important so when we say celebrate it's not just Let's go out and you know have a great lunch or whatever. That is important, but it's consistently celebrating the why did you do this in the first place? Well, and that's a great reminder, you know, for your team and for yourself, celebrating the opportunity to be a part of something bigger than yourself. Right just continues to get you through those tough challenges that you will face as being a part of a launch. Okay, good stuff. Okay, let's move to point three, and that is be the question asker, not the problem solver. Um, say more about that, because I, I would imagine over the course of this last week, you've had a lot of people coming to you um, with problems to solve. Um, what do you mean by that? What do we mean by that statement? Well, I actually learned this from you, by the way, but this is, the, you know, when you're the leader, you people assume that maybe, you know, you've got the answers, so we're going to come to you and we got our notepad out. So tell us, oh wise one, how we're going to figure all this out. And you know, what I like to tell our team is, is I'm not as smart as we. I'm not as smart mm -hmm. as the we in this room. So, and one of the things I've learned, one of the many things I've learned from you, Shane, is when I'm always just kind of spouting off answers, it really robs the team of growing themselves. And I really do believe that we're going to get better answers if we all um, work on this together. So, and I see, if you see, if you look at the life of Jesus, honestly, people would ask him, I mean, he's the ultimate answer man, right? People would ask him a question and he would respond with a question. And that was the old rabbinical way of how to teach people and instruct mm. them. So they begin to find the answers themselves and we work on this together. So as we ask, as people come up and say, well, how are we going to do about parking? I, I don't know. What, tell me the issues and what do you think we ought to do? What, what, what are, what are some, you know. and here's our challenge as leaders. I mean, this is just a good reminder for me and, and, and many of you that are listening, but as leaders, oftentimes we've been the closest to the problem. It's what's made us want to launch in the first place. Right. We identified a problem very early on. We came up with an idea or a solution and we launched it. Here's the challenge. And as leaders, we actually get an adrenaline rush in solving problems. 
that's one of the challenges because when somebody comes to us, we've been as close as anybody to the prop to the work. And when somebody comes to us with a problem, we actually get an adrenaline rush out of answering their problem because we feel like we're doing them a favor and it, it gets us a high, you know. The real high is in allowing people the joy or satisfaction of self-discovery, of self-discovering the answer to their challenge or problem. And I do think as leaders, we've got to constantly remind ourselves. And that is what creates even more momentum when you have a team of people that have launched an initiative or an opportunity and the problems start to come. How do you turn that back into better questions? So as leaders, what are the questions that you need to be asking the people involved in the launch to help them self-discover on their own the solutions to those problems? Because what that'll do is band people together and kind of going back to our second point, it actually allows you an opportunity to actually celebrate when they figure out the solution to the problem, then you can bring that back into celebrating how they figure that out. And I've discovered one of the best questions to ask in this season is, what are we learning? Tell me, what, what are we learning? Because the, the question everybody wants to ask is, hey, is, how did Gwinnett Church Hamilton Mill go? Which the underlying question is, is it working? And that's not as helpful a question. I mean, it's an important question, but a better question is, what are we learning? So what, are we, what have we learned from Sunday number one? And that takes a little bit of the pressure off because everybody wants anything to launch to work. Totally understand that. And it, you know, hopefully it needs to. But what are we learning in the process? And so you go back to breathing room. You've got to give yourself some room to go, what, what are we learning during the season? And if you try to go too fast and try to solve everything, you really squash down or condense the learning opportunity. So, okay, we launched. What did, what did we learn? What, what, are, what are we learning mm. from this launch? And yeah, what, to next week. One of the, the things that um, I've had the pleasure of following or seeing other leaders do is um, asking a significant question in and around the the Chick-fil-A world is this idea of how are we getting better versus bigger right and that 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 one question as i look across the organization has helped us no matter if we're just you know working on store solutions or working on launching new things but that question as a leader has really challenged me okay what are we doing right now post-launch to get better not necessarily bigger, because depending on where you are in this launch, you may be really amped up about trying to get as many customers buying and those kind of things. But the better question to ask your team is, how are we getting better? So it goes back to the power of asking the question, trying to uh, being a better question asker versus a problem solver. And I'm not suggesting, we're not suggesting that we shirk our responsibility as leaders. There, there are times we have to say, hey, here's, here's what we're going to do. But... It's, it's easy to talk in sentences in this season and not questions. Mm, that's good. And in sentences, especially in the now what phase, can become decisions. And you can rob the team of growth and you can rob the organization of great learnings. So uh, just to kind of recap, uh, you know, as we think about our responsibilities as launchers and leaders, there is a responsibility that we have after post-launch. Right. And we want to encourage you to take some time, take 
90 days. Take some time after post-launch to breathe. Create the breathing room for you and your team to think about the magnitude of what you just did and to allow things to kind of play out before you assume or begin to work on solutions to those things. Second point, celebrate. Consistently celebrate throughout the entire process. And that's pre-launch, during launch, and then really importantly, post-launch. Always be looking for ways to celebrate the small things and the big things all along the way. And then third, be the question asker, not the problem solver. As a leader, your tendency is to lean in, you've been closest to the work, and to solve problems. And I think it's really important, and we've talked about the importance of asking really good questions of your team and allowing them the joy of self-discovering problems or solutions to their right. problems. And so um, as we, as we kind of close up the day, again, our whole objective here at Launch University is to connect you with principals and other leaders and other launchers that may be a little bit ahead of where you are and that they can fill in the gaps of kind of where you are today and where you want to be tomorrow because we're all trying to be difference makers. Right. And, and I think that's really important as we think about the, the podcasts that we do, the, the people that we introduce you to, um, and we're just grateful that you're on this journey with us. So if you uh, feel like giving us a, uh, uh, some feedback, we'd love to hear that. Uh, you can go to launchuniversity.com. You can also follow us on uh, any of your podcast platforms, and we'd love your feedback. And we look forward follow to... Follow us on Instagram, too. Follow us on Instagram. That'd yeah. be awesome. And so uh, we look forward to the next time we'll get together. And uh, between now and then, continue launching great ideas and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.